0: Hello, hello, beautiful people. I'm Haley Helveston. Welcome back to your Guide to Love. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Heather Knight here, and she is currently serving as the founder and chair of Surviving to Thriving, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides a long-term sustainability program for victims of domestic violence. The passion for domestic violence and awareness and prevention started from a personal situation her teen years, and then grew into a career in law enforcement. She recently left the police department after founding Surviving to Thriving in order to dedicate more time to her podcast, also Surviving to Thriving, and teach the headlining program RAD, which is Women's Self-Defense, OMG. Love what you're doing. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here today.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you too, because I think that, you know, we're on a similar mission with empowering women and for the men listening to the men to really have healthy relationships, boundaries, self-worth, self-confidence. And that all starts with what you're
1: doing. Definitely. And uh, I 100% agree that it's a lot of it falls, unfortunately, it falls on the men. Um, but at the same time, it it needs to, in that type of situation, a lot of times that's the men who have the traumas or have the, you know, inability to cope with what's happening and portray that on women.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cause I think that, what is it, they say that domestic violence is going up now.
1: Yeah. It has increased about 30 to 40% since COVID um, quarantine started.
0: Mm. Yeah. But the thing is, is that makes me so sad because I think that those, okay. So what they're saying is, is that those relationships were already toxic now we're at in the
1: environment and they just yeah, so a lot of it is stemming from people that just a lot of times abuse that is not inherently part of somebody and that it sounds bad to say it like that, but you know, you have these abusive relationships that were there prior to quarantine and all of that, and it's you know, healthy, not healthy, but stable um income and in, you know maybe a healthy financial situation but there's still all of that but then you add these families that have never had violence in their home never had sexual abuse or trauma or anything and then you add in job loss and uh, stress and you know this inability to cope or not know what is going to happen next in their life and all, everything just kind of manifests and becomes this abuse that wasn't there before. So that's where we're seeing the increase.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. You do make a great point because obviously, hello, none of us have ever been through a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Okay. So for the couples that are struggling, what would you tell them?
1: So it's all about learning new coping mechanisms, right? I, you know, we talk about everybody's talking about the people that were already in abusive relationships, and those are really hard to work through right because it's not the stress of learning how to cope through a pandemic right that is a childhood trauma that has manifested and was there prior to all of this other stress and so that really takes a you know somebody going and deep diving into their subconscious and pulling out that trauma and working through that and and fixing that aspect of it but for the families that have never experienced uh, experienced abuse and are just trying to learn coping mechanisms we teach like you know this is your new normal this isn't what you were doing before so if it worked where you could immediately talk about what you were what was happening right you just fought, and you need to you know talk about it and all of these things that may have been fine in your old normal because you have the relief of the gym you have the relief of going to work you have the relief of going to the park and all of these things but you don't have that right now and you're with each other 24 7 so you don't have that Like, okay, I just need to breathe and I'll be good and all that, that. So what we're suggesting to those families is as soon as you feel yourself getting angry to the point where you can't actually have a productive conversation, leave the house, go for a walk, right? Your yard is not banned. Go sit in the yard, go for a walk, do something. But at that point in time, your need to, um, talk things out and work it out right then and there is trumped by the other person's need to have space. Because if they don't get that time to decompress and understand why they're angry and understand the problem that is there, you're not going to get anywhere. You're going to continually have that fight. Whereas you may have been able to talk it out before because they had that time to, you know, if you got into a fight in the morning, they had the time to decompress at work and and figure it out and then talk when they got home they don't have that anymore so Mm.
0: so interesting yeah so what you're saying is is that most of the time one person wants to talk it out and the other person wants to run yes (laughs) okay yeah
1: yes and 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 everybody and before it used to be okay then you guys got to learn how to kind of work those that out where it's like okay maybe you talk about it a little bit and then, you know, you get your piece out and then you leave it alone. Well, at this point in time, they not they may not even be able to listen to your piece and internalize it and take it away from them, right? They just are so overloaded with emotions and stress that whatever you're saying does not matter to them because they can't physically and mentally comprehend it. So at that point in time, like, it, it's, it sucks to say, but I'm that person that's like, we just need to talk it out. But, like, my feelings don't matter at that point in time, right? My significant others do because that's how you work through it. Giving them the space and the time to figure out how to comprehend what's happening.
0: Mm. Yeah, because I think that that's, I mean, it's frightening to me the fact that men hit women. I think that could, you know, the fact that it actually happens So, I love that you said, okay, ladies, for maybe the woman that are like, I want to talk, I want to talk. Let him go for a walk around the block, then you talk.
1: Yes. Because is
0: that normally the gender role where the woman must talk and then the men?
1: Usually, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, of course, we we know that men experience domestic violence and women can be abusers, but the majority of the cases are men abusing women um, Mm -hmm. and, and also that woman just wanting to all we want to do is talk, right? We want to fix, and like, we want to comfort and care and fix people and, and figure that out. So to do that, we have to, you know, give me all the information so that I can compute it and fix it, where it's like, they may not have the vocabulary at that point in time to, you know, tell them what they need fixed.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because do you think that, but what, what is the reason that the men tell you about them
1: Hitting their partner? Like, what do they say? So, before quarantine, it was it, a lot of that. That is, there's not a good reason, right? A lot of it is well, uh, victim blaming, right? It's her fault. She made me do it. She, all of these things. But a lot of it stems from that childhood trauma, which is why it's really hard and difficult to talk about how to help those. Um, situations during this time because it's not an outside stress coming in, right? It's not a quarantine. It's not loss of job or, you know, financial stress where it's, you know, there's a possibility that that gets changed, right? This is a deep-rooted childhood trauma that they need to deal with. And so a lot of the times they can't understand themselves why they do it. So they blame the other person like, oh, it can't be me because there's there's nothing wrong with me. So it has to be the way that they're portraying themselves. And it's, it's hard for people to comprehend in a sense. Like it's, if you're not in that situation, it's really hard to comprehend, really hard to comprehend as why you would put that on somebody else. Um, But if you've got a, you know, if you were abused as a kid and you blocked that trauma and you're, you know, you're, cause your mind is made to block something that doesn't, fit the mold right so or protect you so if you can't even remember that at six years old you were molested by your uncle Mm -hmm. then why would you think that there was a problem with you right it's just that oh every time they say this or do this it sets me off so it's their problem they need to fix it where it's like no there's that underlying trauma that needs to be fixed Wow. And I'm so glad that we were talking about this, though, because I think that that's something
0: that is not really talked about, similar to my topic.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, it is not, it is very a taboo topic. And mm-hmm. that is one of the reasons why we started the podcast, um, Surviving to Thrivings, is because it needs to be talked about more. And the, mm-hmm. the more we realize, what causes domestic violence, the more we can fix it, right? We are a band aid solution. Yeah. We, and, and most nonprofits are, right? Because we are helping the women escape those situations. We are, and like, don't get me wrong, what we're doing is really important. What other people are doing is really important because those women need those resources. Mm-hmm. To, rebuild their lives and, and learn that that's not an okay situation to be in and all that stuff but it's a band-aid right that man that that woman just escaped from is still going to abuse somebody else right mm. so how do we fix that person how do we figure out why they're doing what they're doing
0: Ooh, I'm glad you said that though because you're right about that because I think that it's it's the same thing for so many women that have been through sexual trauma which is what I've discussed in the past You know, a lot of times when a woman goes to that, she experiences it again. And so we have to figure out like, okay, what is it? Is it the fact that you don't have boundaries? Is it the fact that you keep attracting men that do that
1: to you? Right. And that's a lot of the thing is, you know, you don't want to blame the victim for what's happening, but at the same time, especially for like what's going on now where we're seeing the the spike of domestic violence due to outside stressors of Mm -hmm. quarantine and lockdown and all of that stuff there is a mutual disagreement going on in that household right it's not just one person all of a sudden just backhands somebody else right while well, you're sitting on the couch watching tv something happened right you poked and egged and, were, and and did something to and i'm not excusing the action of hitting because we you should never resort to physical violence but you do have to take responsibility to the fact that you pushed it that far when you could have stepped back and said, okay, I can see that we're both getting angry and I'm going to walk away instead of continuing to push and to make that argument worse.
0: Yes. I agree with you about that. Cause that's something that I've noticed in myself is, is that I prefer to be the one that walks away. Yeah. I'm like let me give myself a few minutes in nature, go lay in the grass. And then I'm going to come back, <laughs> you know? Right. So what are some other ways that you tell people Because I know that there are so many people that are stuck in their houses. And then, you know, I heard that, I don't know if we talked about this when I first talked to you and your husband, but I know that alcohol intake has gone up. Clearly alcohol isn't going to help you.
1: Exactly. And that's the other thing is I think it has, sales have increased by like 50%, -hmm. which is just, I mean, it it makes sense, right? What are you supposed to do at 10 o'clock in the morning when you've done, you know, for the past three months, you've done everything that you're supposed to be doing. So it makes sense. Um, and, you know, you're learning how to homeschool when you weren't made for that, or you've, mm-hmm. you've got all of these different things that are happening. But, um, and and alcohol has always been a way that people have coped with stress on a normal day, right? It's like you mm-hmm. have a hard day where you know you can't drink at 9am at work, right? But you know that you can have a glass of wine or a beer when you get home. Well, when all of that's sitting in the fridge and you get stressed out and you're like, well I don't have to go anywhere i you know i'm I'm here. I don't have anything to do, and so that's where that comes in and it's uh, takes a lot of self strength to not do that, right? Don't buy alcohol, don't get you know don't have it in the house or you know if you have it in the house, be very strict with yourself like nope, you have to wait until five o'clock to have a glass of wine or or a beer or a drink whatever you like. um you know I'm not saying completely one hundred percent cut out alcohol because. Nobody wants to do that, right? Everybody loves a glass of wine or, you know, whatever. But you do have to have self-control when it comes to it. And if you can't have that self-control when it's in the house, then you just don't even bring it into the house.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that, though, because I personally have gone through periods of dating people that drink a lot and then I'm drinking a lot. And so mm-hmm. now the older that I get, the more I don't really do it, you know? Yep. And I've noticed that my relationships are healthier because then I'm attracting people who also don't.
1: Right. Exactly. And it, and it's like, even on, in, you know, in the nor- in normal days, it was on the weekend, you could drink at 10 a.m. You could have a mm-hmm. mimosa with your brunch and that was normal. But now it's um, Sunday to Sunday <laughs> where you're sitting at home and not doing anything or, you know, yes, you're working from home, but it's, it, it's all still there. So it, everybody kind of feels very like, oh, well, it's kind of just like the weekend when in reality, it's not.
0: Mm. I agree with you about that. And I'm glad you're bringing it up though, because that's, I remember I heard someone on a podcast recently say like, this isn't one big vacation, y'all like make sure to be productive with this time because you don't want to look back and go, wow, I'm 15 pounds overweight now, you know, or whatever, whatever you're, you
1: know. Right. And and then also the, you know, alcohol is a huge stressor on, on top of the other stressors that we have. It doesn't fix anything. You know, if anything, it just heightens what's happening, right? Alcohol is a depressant, meaning it it lowers your mood and it lowers, you know, everything that's going on. So if you're already in a crappy mood because of everything that's going mm-hmm. on, alcohol's not going to make you happier. It's not going to fix anything. And so it just brings people further down in whatever they're going through. Mm.
0: Yes, I totally agree with you about that. That's something for me that I'm prone to a little bit of Anxiety and depression, I've noticed that like now it's like even if I have one drink and get depressed today after. It is not worth it.
1: Yeah. Yep. And that that's yeah, it's it's not designed. That's why, like, you know, in DUIs, a lot of the um the way that officers can tell what's going on is because your reactions are slower because it's depressing your systems.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay, so. For the women that you say, you know, you, you get them, they were, you help them recover. And then what do you do? You put them in some sort of program to like be able to defend themselves.
1: Yeah. So, um, we are not like the first line of defense. So you have your emergency shelters and we come after the emergency shelters. Um, we do lifestyle learning courses. So, um, you go through programs of learning how just to open a bank account or learning how to do um, savings and budgeting and all of these things, job built, resume building, job searching, interview techniques, you know, all these different things that you may not have learned because you got into a relationship at 17 that was toxic and you weren't able to learn these things. So learning that, um, but then also I'm a um, nationally certified self-defense instructor. So trauma our, tra- or our um, program is a 12 hour program where in the beginning you learn about mindset right mindset of how to not even get yourself in those situations how to recognize when you 're in those situations and how to defend yourself you know during those situations and then how to recover afterwards because a lot of times people don't focus on that so we are a trauma based program so you may go to a um, some self-defense course or, um, you know, jujitsu or something like that. And you can learn how to defend yourself. That's great. You can learn all those techniques, but when somebody attacks you and you have that freeze moment because you're flashing back to when it happened before, what are you going to do? Right? You're going to lose your bearings. You're going to lose everything that all the senses around you because you haven't learned how to work through that, moment in time so our program focuses on fighting through that moment and being okay with the fact that it scares you and it's terrifying and you know you may be crying while you're fighting but at least you're fighting and you're still working and getting through that situation so that you can live to you know tell the story and live to live another day Um, and then also how to comprehend and decompress and work through that after it happens because a lot of times when people are attacked they don't. They just are like, okay, it happened and I'm not going to let it affect me. But it does affect you. It, it would affect anybody. Um, and so, you know, that's not really a good coping mechanism to say, I'm just just not going to let it bother me. No, you have to you figure out, you know, you have to accept what happened and work through it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I think that that's something that I've noticed too with people that have past sexual trauma. Um, like that one couple that recently came to me, the woman is terrified and doesn't even want to ever, ever have sex again. And this is a new relationship. And so I think that it's like, yeah, you have to
1: face it and deal with it or it's just going to keep haunting you. <laughs> you know? Well, and that's the thing is like, I am sure she is, is and I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I would think that she has said, you know, when that happened is I'm never going to, I'm not going to let it affect me. It didn't happen to me. So it, we're just not going to mm-hmm. worry about it, but it is affecting her, right? Because she, Yes. It's you, like that monster in the closet. It's like, hey. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs>
0: Just thought I'd pop in every 30 minutes.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what do you want people to take away from our conversation if they're struggling with anything you're discussing?
1: I would say reach out for help. I know that we are in the social distancing, but like if you need something, don't be afraid to reach out because you're not alone, um, and everybody has become more aware of what, and like, this is like the bright side to everything is that people are really becoming more aware of domestic violence. And everybody was kind of like, oh, it's not affecting me and I live my daily life. So I don't have to look at it. Well, now it's all over Facebook because it's of the increase. And so everybody's having to deal with it every single day. And so, you know, more people are more compassionate about it, which I love and um, are more open to it, so I would say to reach out to somebody if you need help, and then also if you are somebody who thinks that somebody else is in a relationship that is abusive or toxic, um, reach out to that person, but do it carefully, right? Um, I know that, like, reaching out and saying, hey, you," you know, are you in an abusive relationship can trigger a whole slew of events from the abuser, so be you know, cautious about your word choice, it's kind of easy in this day and time because everybody's checking in on everybody else. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you can be like, hey, you know, it's quarantine, just making sure everybody's okay. I know like I'm, st-. and that's the other thing is you can say, hey, I'm struggling with something, can you help me? And that gives the, you know, the gateway to open of, of you know, that, that talk, because if they're not able to talk, they're not gonna talk to you or they're gonna give mm-hmm. you short answers or anything. But if they're available to talk and they have that open line of communication, I would take that, you know, stance. Um, another thing that I've seen going around Facebook is uh, this, uh, I'm, is it, what is it, what are they, oh, I'm selling all of my shoes right now, or I'm selling shoes, and then it, in the parentheses it says, I don't actually have shoes, but if you need help, please send me this text message, and I'll know that you need help. Now, if you give me a size and your address, I'll know to call the police. So, like, that is a really great way for a victim to text a friend and be like, Hey, I saw that you were selling shoes on Facebook. I'm a size six. Can you ship them to this address? And if they know, and if like that's your code with each other, then they know that you're in immediate danger and the police need to be sent. So I think that's something that is also really good that can help people.
0: Mm. You know, I saw that too. And I do really love that. It seems like even though there's all this stuff going on, obviously it's insane. But I love seeing people come together. So that's great.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So where can people find you?
1: So we are all across social media. Um, our handle is 2 ATL on everything. We are more active on um, Facebook and Instagram, but we're on everything. And then our website is 2Thriving.org. Okay, sounds
0: great. Is there any final takeaway that you would want for the beautiful people listening?
1: just be kind to one another <laughs> i love ellen when she says that <laughs> you know just not steal it from her but you never know what somebody's going through honestly mm-hmm. and um it could be that they are you know on the brink of being in a domestic relationship because of what's going on and so just being compassionate with people especially during this time because everybody is high stress everybody doesn't know what's going to what, what tomorrow brings and you know, what's happening. So just to understand that other people have things going on as well.
0: Mm. Yes. I I love that. Okay. Well, y'all, I love this conversation. Definitely DM Heather. If you have any, any questions on Instagram, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and I will catch you later. All right. bye.